Good morning. Uh, it's Saturday morning time for, it's actually Friday night. I'm recording this late Friday night, but it's Saturday morning, so it's time for another Muthanomics episode. Muthanomics 35. I'm labeling this one America, colon, Toddlers, Viking Hordes, and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Lots of interesting things have transpired this week uh, with a lot of, uh, I don't need to recap it, you're familiar with it, you're familiar with the rally in D.C., you're familiar with, uh, I saw one report and some pictures which seems to substantiate it that a half a million people showed up in D.C. to attend uh, Trump's rally and then proceeded to go over to the pro- uh, the Capitol to uh, chant and, and protest the counting of the electoral votes, and then uh, some knuckleheads breached the Capitol, and some people lost their lives as a result. Um, So interesting times in our country's history. Um, Not to completely uh, bore you with a lot of history, um, but we've it reminds I told told my wife it reminded me of the 1920s when there were 10,000 plus World War One veterans who had not received payment for their their time uh, serving in battle, um, and so they they stormed the Capitol and set up tents in D.C. and proceeded to get quite violent, um, and I believe it was McKinley who ordered uh, troops to go out and beat and shoot and run roughshod over the 10,000 veterans, uh, World War I veterans, and it was a bloody mess. Um, People were killed. Uh, It was extremely volatile. Um, I was reading in 19, I think it was 1928, maybe 1929, uh, the Bolsheviks set up a bomb in front of Wall Street, and uh, detonated it. It was in a wagon, and they set up a bomb, and I think it killed 32 people, if I remember correctly. Um, And I could go on and on. If if Netflix still had the uh, the series The West on their channel, which it a lot of the history stuff on Netflix, and I might have mentioned this previously, a lot of the history stuff on Netflix uh, changed, disappeared, after the Obamas uh, got involved heavily with Netflix. And I don't know if that's deliberate or... Holy cow, i got to take some mugs upstairs. I have, I have four coffee mugs down here. Um, which, by the way, if you want to support this here podcast, you can go to brandonmuth.com. I've got some coffee mugs uh, blasting um, bad philosophers, Kant and Hume, I got a, a coffee mug that says, I can't even. <laughs> and I got a uh, one that says, not Humean, um, blasting Hume. Uh, because those philosophers have led to this post-fact society that we are currently embroiled in. Um, but anyway, I don't, I, I don't know if it's um, deliberate or if it's just a dink, as they say. But... Uh, a lot of the historical documentary stuff has disappeared since the Obamas got involved. Um, and I'm moving a couple things around on my desk. But one of the things in there that I thought was um, very, very interesting 
um, was we we've had we've had we've had violence and conflict throughout our country's history and um there was in the in the midwest i'm going to butcher it now my my memory wants to say kansas it was it was fears before the civil war started and there was a conflict it was kind of like the border between uh people who believed in slavery and people who believed in all men should be free. And there were massive riots, massive conflicts, gun violence, trampling people. Um, and several dozen people were killed over the course of a few day period. Uh, I was reading in New Orleans, I believe in the 1860s. If you Google this one, actually don't Google it, duck, duck, go it, because part of this podcast is... Um, imploring you to close big tech services, which I've been in the process of doing. I've mentioned before that I haven't purchased on Amazon in over two years. I had been using Walmart as an alternative, but even that needs to change. I need to find a, I need to find some local small businesses. Everything that I've been doing has been, uh, all the commerce that I've been transacting has been focused on local, um, small and non-woke. <laughs> so, for instance, I needed to get a tire patch today. Um, over the holiday break, we apparently ran over a small nail and it was it was slowly leaking some air. So I looked around for a tire repair shop here in the area in which we live. And they had 28 five-star reviews and one one-star review. So I clicked on it and it said... Um, the customer's one-star review said, I asked them to wear a mask and they told, they responded that they don't wear masks. And I said, ding, ding, ding. This is our tire repair shop. Um, my type of people, um, liberty, freedom, individualism, not going along with the woke mob. And as I said in last week's episode, I believe that 2021 is going to require a lot of courage and a lot of resolve and a lot of focus and a lot of sober-mindedness to not get swept away uh, in the fear-mongering Marxists who are actually, at the end of the day, cowards. And you go, no, they're not. They're mean and they're tyrants. Philosophically, yes, and maybe in numbers, they act brazen. But all you have to do is look at the photos of all the sniveling, cowering, feckless, spineless, courage, courageless um, photos that came out of when people breached the Capitol building. I mean, they were like, they were short of sucking their thumb in fear. Um, these people have no courage. They have no character. And it's, and it's because they're... You know, if if you if you if your principles are to go like the soup du jour, soup of the day, if your principles flap in the wind to whatever you think is going to be popular at the moment, um, that's like the absolute antithesis of having courage. Um, so anyway, twenty twenty one is going to be interesting. Um, but hold on one sec, I have to grab something underneath the desk. Um, so yeah, so I haven't shopped on, I haven't shopped on Amazon in 
two years and I have not, um, I'm, I'm, I'm closing other things. So I closed Twitter. Um, I am closing down uh, Instagram. I am, I have, a, in fact, in fact, I have an entire list here. Let's go through this real quick. This will be fun. Um, let's see. I made a list while I was at dinner with a couple of my kids. Um, Apple TV. Go into. If you want to do these things, it's really easy. You just go into settings. I'm here in settings. You find uh, your subscriptions. Click that. And you say, why are you canceling Apple TV? Um, because they're threatening to ban Parler. Uh and I'm sorry, that's just not First Amendment. I, I I opened a Parler account, but I never tweeted. I guess I don't even know what you do on it. You don't tweet on it. You parlay on it or parley or parlay. I don't know. Um, I opened an account, and I never did anything with it. And it's the same reason I didn't use Gab back in the day. I opened a Gab account, and I was like, well, this is just like unhinged uh, mental retardation on the right. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about Parler. But... So instead of me ranting and raving against them and saying, oh, these people need to be censored, I just said, I don't agree with it. So, uh, you know, I'm just not going to participate in it. We've lost sight of this concept of opting out. I mean, that, that's part of classical liberalism. That's part of freedom is the ability to opt out. If you don't like it, you opt out. I don't agree with masks, so I don't conduct commerce at businesses that require masks. Actually, I take that back. That's that's a little bit. Um, there are a couple stores, Aldi. Uh, they'd require masks, but I choose to use their curbside delivery so I don't have to wear a mask to go in. Um, so I might need to tighten that principle up a little bit. Um, but the opting out principle is like a bedrock for the foundation of a, of a liberty-loving, liberty-cherishing society. So if you don't like Gab, don't use it. If you don't like Parler, don't use it. You don't have to forcefully flex to oppress and silence. That's Marxism. That's communism. That's Lenin, Mao, Castro, Hugo Chavez, North Korea. And oddly enough, all the things... All of the things that the left had communicated or, or accused Trump of over the last four years, they are now implementing at like a at a hundredfold pace. Eh, that's hyperbole. That's too much. Okay, maybe a tenfold pace. Sidney Powell has been banned on Twitter this afternoon. General Flynn, Trump, um, some chick named Tracy Benz, uh, some guy Code Monkey something. All these conservatives that they disagreed with are now just removing their accounts permanently. So it's a two-way street. And so I, I closed Twitter a month or month plus ago. Um, but anyway, if you want to get off of Apple stuff, and I've got a laundry list of things to close. And some of these are going to be kind of difficult because I have a Gmail account and it's tied into a couple different things, but I am going to be working to unthread, unwind that one. So Apple TV. Cancel free trial. I have a free trial until August 21st of 2021. I guess it came with my uh, AT&T upgrade, which is going to be another interesting one to unwind. Um, yeah, but screw you, Apple. I, I, I believe in the First Amendment 
more than I believe in your stupid service. So cancel subscription. Uh, next one, Apple Music subscription. Oh, bummer. No more unfettered access to music. Yeah, go screw yourself, Apple. Confirm. Hey, that's $14.99 a month in my pocket. I wasn't paying for the Apple TV, which I guess would have been $4.99 a month. Um, what else can I cancel? All right, those are, those are the Apple ones. What else did I have? Uh, oh, yeah, CBS All Access. We got that over, over the um, over quarantine lockdown nonsense in order to watch the Picard series uh, because I was a Star Trek The Next Generation um, fan back in the day. So we're going to go into CBS All Access. We're going to cancel that. Um, I, and I don't need to bore you all with all this stuff, but just know that there's a list of stuff I'm canceling. I'm going to be canceling my Target app. I'm going to be canceling uh, my Vudu subscription. I guess it's not a subscription. I'm just not going to rent through Vudu. Um, Instagram. I've, I've requested the download to cancel Instagram a couple times, but the link's only good for 48 hours, and I've gotten buried in other stuff and have forgotten to click on the link in a timely fashion. So... Um, I'll be canceling Instagram. The two hard, the hardest one I think is going not hard from a oh what am I going to do with my life, um, but the the Gmail account is tied into a lot of stuff. So I need to make sure that I understand all the tentacles tentacles of where that attaches before I go um, nuking that account and then not being able to access maybe other things that I forgot were attached to it. So that one's going to be tricky. And I think the trickiest one is going to be uh, getting around cell phones. That's going to be the trickiest one. And I'm going to be doing a lot of research on that this month to figure out. There's got to be some sort of libertarian, liberty-loving um, cell option out there that isn't tied into the iron grip of censorship that has become Apple and Google and Facebook and YouTube. I, I Facebook has been a non-issue for me since 2009. I've been off Facebook for going on 11 and a half years. Um, and as I may have said before, I should have, you know, if I was consistent, I would have never opened. I would have closed Instagram when Facebook acquired them back in 2012. Um, but hey, I guess we all have flaws, right? <laughs> But the, so yeah, think about those things. Opting out is is a foundational bedrock of a society that values liberty. If we can opt out, that has to be included in this whole conversation of liberty. Um, so I'm going to opt out of everything that I can possibly opt out of to put a small monetary dent in these jackasses authoritarian efforts. Um, and if 75 plus million other people do it, maybe they'll stop being such jackasses. Now, it could be that they don't even really care about 75 million. Like, let's say that Apple Music, 75 million times 15 bucks a month, maybe they don't care about that because that's probably a sliver of their revenue stream. Um, but hey, a journey of a thousand miles starts somewhere and you have to make decisions based on principle, not on necessarily pragmatism all the time. Um, 
So this episode, America, Toddlers, Viking Hordes, and Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, I'll just go through each one of those. Um, We've become a nation of toddlers, and we don't get our way, and we scream and yell and amp up the volume thinking that that's how we get our way. And I've, I've talked about this before. Um, I talked about this with the, the unrest over the summer. Um, in fact, I, there was a great quote. I've um, been listening to a lot of Thomas Sowell, who, who, if we continue down this path, will likely get authoritarian censored because his opinions and his train of thinking um, does not go along with the quote-unquote correct think that Marxists and globalists and authoritarians are insisting everyone adhere to. Um, But there was an interview with Thomas Sowell on YouTube that I was listening to yesterday while I was working out. And the interviewer said, quote, so Marxism is the conceit of rich kids with fancy educations? And Thomas Sowell simply replied, yes. So Thomas Sowell, the acclaimed economist, uh, Hoover Institute fellow, um, professor at Stanford, etc., etc., probably one of the most brilliant free market economic minds of the last uh, half century for sure, um, essentially says, he, he answered in the affirmative to the question, Marxism is the conceit of rich kids with fancy educations. And he said that's one of the things that led him from Marxism to free markets, to capitalism, to liberty, to the value of the individual, is that he realized that Marx himself was given to apocalyptic visions um, even before he was a quote-unquote Marxist. And it's just that he took those apocalyptic visions and wrongfully misguided them towards capitalism. But he said even before capitalism was his target, he was full of apocalyptic visions and viewed the entire world through this oversimplified lens of the oppressed and the oppressors. Um, And he said he realized that most of the Uh, People in his day, back in the 60s and 70s, when he was going through school and getting involved in academia, uh, Thomas Sowell said that he realized that all the Marxists on the campuses were the kids of very wealthy, very successful individuals. And he said, this is odd. That, And and his conclusion was that the people driving the buses and the semi-trucks and sweeping the streets and working the sewers and working the janitorial jobs and the manufacturing jobs... They were too busy working and grinding out a living to sit around and pontificate even becoming Marxists. And it was then when he realized just how out of touch the elites were. And I think that's a very important point to note um, that these ideologues, and you saw that over the summer with the riots and different, you know, the, a lot of the Antifa stuff. I remember in New York, like, I think... 10 or 11 of the kids who got arrested in New York for something. I remember one of them was like the daughter of an Upper East Side, you know, gazillionaire. And, um, you know, there was a, there's, there's people who got arrested whose parents were CEOs of big corporations and, and professors. And so it's this kind of upper crust 
you know, mental masturbation level of society that just kind of sits around and, and has nothing better to do with their time than um, to philosophize. And quite honestly, the rest of us don't have the time nor the interest to do that because we are working um, to be productive, efficient, etc. Um, so that that's an important point to note. But the toddler aspect, but as I've as I've looked at the responses, um, of this last week, so pretty much painting with a broom, but it's very accurate at the same time. It's not oversimplified. Um, the right in response to the Capitol being breached, their knee-jerk reaction was to point to the left and say, hey, oh, look, now the left cares about, these are just peaceful demonstrations, right? These are just mostly peaceful protests, right? And people started retweeting AOC, who said that during the summer, she said, hey, protests and riots are supposed to make the opposing side uncomfortable because that's the whole point. They're trying to in, in, uh, invoke change. And so they're going to be, um, they're going to be uncomfortable. Um, there was a lot of memes going around of you know quoting Kamala Harris encouraging the Antifa people to say, uh, "We, the the rioters should continue, um, and no one should have any expectations that they should cease." Um, so that was what the right was doing, and then the left was saying what the right had been saying about the the riots over the summer so they just basically flip-flopped so over the summer the right was condemning the left and and the antifa riots and the unrest hey you know where's the law and order you guys are a bunch of morons you know you're letting all these people break the law without any consequence and then the capitals breached and the roles are flipped and then they the messaging points just reversed and that's toddler behavior that's the behavior of toddlers. My dad can beat up your dad. Um, there's no consistency of principle in that. And the principle is Lex Rex. Law is king. The principle over the summer was law, or the principle over the summer should have been law is king. You break the law, you are treated equally under that law, regardless of skin color, race, creed, background, etc., etc., etc. Fast forward to the breach on the Capitol this week, the same principle should apply. Lex Rex, law is king. You break the law, you assault an officer, you should be treated equally under that law, regardless of race, skin color, creed, religion, gender, etc., etc., etc. But for the longest time, and I've been this has been one of my personal mantras for for a decade is it's to pursue principle not popularity. And because we've lived through 20 years of reality television, which and I've talked about this before, we've lived through 20 years of reality television which sacrifices principle in order to remain popular. And we glorify deceit. We glorify chameleon-type principles 
hey, you know, we, we, we glorify cat getting catfished. There's a whole show on MTV, or at least there used to be, about, you know, people catfishing other people. Um, you Every time there's, I remember in Florida when we were down in Tampa, the I think it was the Polk County Sheriff's Office, like once a quarter they would do some online sex sting and they'd, you know, pose as, you know, mothers, you know, willing to sell their 14-year-old daughters for, you know, meth money or or they'd pose as an underage girl just looking for, you know, love in all the wrong places or whatever. And then they'd do a sting. And it was kind of like Dateline NBC back in the day to catch a predator, but it was a local version and it was all covert. And, you know, and every quarter they'd always release the, you know, the list of, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 150, whatever guys. Um, and every now and then there's a woman, but mainly it was always guys who fell for the the sting and they get busted they'd show up and oh you know hey um and it was really disgusting seeing who was involved in that you know there was disney workers there were school teachers gym coaches um i think a couple times there was some even law enforcement people involved um but the point of that was oh you know so i remember what the point was (laughs) i don't even know i brought that up uh, rabbit trail city here, but t- but going back to the whole notion of we sacrifice popularity, we sacrifice principle to remain popular, and what that had to do with stinking Polk County, I have no clue. I think I need to like take notes during these stinking podcasts because I get on these rabbit trails and then I kind of lose the script for a little bit. Um, catfishing, oh, that's probably what it was the tie into catfishing, you know, that in addition to getting catfished with MTV, there's, you know, catfishing going on with local police departments and things. Um, So we kind of glorify that. And in reality TV world, you know, people who survive in reality TV world, whether it was Big Brother or Amazing Race or Survivor or whatever those shows were, it was often those who were able to put on a good show but then double-cross someone or appear to be trustworthy and then backstab someone. Um, so that's what we're, that's what we're, we're, we're the, the scripture says that uh, what, whatsoever a man soweth that, that he shall reap. So basically whatever we plant, that's what, that's what we're going to reap. And in regards to our society, in regards to the American culture, we are reaping what we've sowed for the last 20 plus years, which is an abandonment of principle in pursuit of being popular and that's toddler behavior that that's the behavior of toddlers that's the behavior of children um so lex rex applies for the right during the summer but it doesn't apply for the left during the summer but all of a sudden lex rex applies for the left during the capital breach but it's a wall for the right during the capital breach and both of those are just it's just ridiculous Lex Rex should apply at all times. Um, Well, this podcast is really boring. I want to listen to people who scream and yell and insult people. Um, We might get there. Who knows? (laughs) That's the first point. Second point is Viking hordes. America has become a land of toddlers, first and foremost. Second, we've become a land of Viking hordes. And you go, no, I don't see any people running around with, with horns on their head. Well, there was that guy who's apparently like some global warming activist who was photographs of him popped up all over the internet yesterday uh, or two days ago, whenever it was about um, 
you know, him wearing like a shirtless guy and like bearskin and, and a elk helmet. Um, no, the Viking horde aspect is the Twitter followers. It's the social media following. Um, and that's becoming a very interesting slash dangerous slash uh, intriguing aspect of our culture. Because when you think about it historically, when we were really, you know, tribes and nomads, people who had the biggest followings were the ones who were in power. So, you know, Alexander the Great ran roughshod over other people groups because he had more people behind him. Um, Napoleon conquered people because he had more people behind him. Um, Genghis Khan, same thing. Uh, Xerxes. I mean, you, you go through history and you can look at all these people. Pharaoh, yada, yada, yada. The roaming, you know, the barbarians. I think I think back to the, um, the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe, you know, and at the beginning they're trying to take over this barbarian tribe. And that barbarian tribe thrived, presumably, uh, to the to the extent that it was actually based on history, you know they thrived likely because they outnumbered or they outnumbered other tribes around them, and then the proverbial dog poo hit the fan when Russell Crowe and you know the Roman army with their superior weaponry and their bigger numbers, their better battle tactics, um, you know they they take uh, take out and, and nullify the barbarian tribes. Um, and that, that's the way that our culture, that's the way that society went for thousands of years, even Native Americans, South American, uh, Native Americans in South America, Native Americans um, here in North America. It was, it was quite often a numbers game. So that's the, way that, that's the way that battles were fought and won largely. Um, you know, you were cannon fodder. If you had more cannon fodder, to throw at the cannons, you would likely win. It was just a it was a game of of attrition. Whoever could survive the attrition longer often was the winner. And that's applied in a digital sense now. We we've become digital Viking hordes. And you go, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. So it popped up this week. There was some conservative girl on Twitter who I'd never heard of. And I don't at Ashley St. James, some maybe at something, Ashley St. Something. Um, and she was allegedly on a train and there was a woman who I don't remember her name, who was in front of her, who had a mask on and who started berating two gentlemen on the train for drinking coffee without their mask on. And besides the obvious absurdity of, well, how the heck do you drink coffee with a mask on? Um, and the obvious absurdity of, of, of looking at the train and saying, wow, there's plenty of seats. There's plenty of six feet separation going on. What are you doing with your phone out screaming at these gentlemen for drinking coffee in the comfort of their Amtrak seats in the privacy of their little compartment? Um, not compartment, just their little zone of seats. And... Then it becomes apparent. So anyway, this Ashley St. James girl, she pulls out her phone and starts recording um, because she's like, dude, this lady's unhinged. She's crazy. She's, you know, berating and verbally assaulting these two men for drinking coffee. Um, so this lady, the other lady who's the agit the instigator in this whole thing, she comes over to this 
whatever Ashley St. James, whatever her name is. I should probably find it because I'm probably butchering her name. Um, and she says, I have 78,000 Twitter followers, lady. And I was like, oh, holy smokes. We're like Viking horde mentality. Now, the reality is, is probably, you know, at least one of those is a bot. <laughs> because a lot of these people are buying fake accounts. CNN, for instance, their Twitter handle... They have allegedly 53 million followers. And if you go and look at their engagement rate over the last several months on each one of their tweets, they're tapping out at the most at 300 retweets. A couple hundred comments. That's just, that is, that is mathematically dubious at best. You don't have 53 million followers and only have two to 300, sometimes even less, engagements on that content. Either the 53 million people are real and they're simply not paying attention to you anymore or those 53 million supposed followers are not real. There is that. So anyway, this lady threatens, I have 78 million followers and I'm going to make an example of these two men for breaking the mask rule. The, the divine mask mandate that's come down from heaven on tablets of stone and if people violate it, they will be burned at the stake. The ground will open up and swallow you whole. That, that's what these mask lunatics want us to believe. Um, so anyway, this other girl, this conservative girl, she's recording this whole thing. And she doesn't disclose to this lady who turns out to be some politico, the political, you know, online rag. This lady, the, the lady who instigated the whole thing is a politico person. So she's a leftist bully um, who's looking for, you know, leftist cred, um, woke mob cred for attacking two men for drinking coffee. That's where we're at in this country. Viking hordes. Ashley St. James, if that's her name, she doesn't disclose the fact that she has 379,000 followers until after the fact when she posts the video of the political chick with 78,000 followers losing her business at these two guys. And then Ashley St. James and the conservative movement then dogpile on this political chick and say, yo, hey, you're, you know, little did you know, ha ha, that the girl who you called a Nazi biatch has 379,000 followers. Um, so stand down. In other words, my Viking horde is bigger than yours. So you better watch yourself. And you go, well, what's the problem with that? And a lot of you probably even think, well, all that means, what you conclude from that is that, oh, I need to amass a Viking horde. And I'm here to tell you that's not the correct principle to adopt. Because if you adopt the Viking horde principle, you're adopting the underlying principle, which is might makes right. That's not an American principle. That's not a constitutional republic principle. The whole principle, the bedrock of a constitutional republic, is that it protects the minorities. It gets rid of Viking hordes and protects minority positions by treating everyone equally under the law. Holy smokes, people. Stop developing your civics and your economics and your underlying philosophical framework from MTV's Catfish, CBS's Survivor, and whatever else you see happening 
across the social media landscape. Viking hordes are not the goal. A constitutional republic is supposed to get rid of Viking hordes because a constitutional republic is supposed to protect and defend minorities. Because a constitutional republic doesn't state might makes right. A constitutional republic states, states lex rex, law is king. Holy cow. Um, so that's the second thing. America's become, we're, we're, we're toddlers. We are Viking hordes. And the third thing in here is that we have become a sad real-life parody of Pee-wee's Playhouse. What's Pee-wee's Playhouse? Um, Pee-wee Herman, the guy, I think, didn't he serve prison time for being a pedophile? Forget, that might be a, in fact, I think I need, that, that, could, that could be a, uh, that's probably a libel. <laughs> I retract, I retract. <laughs> Pee-wee Herman, I retract until I verify. Pee-wee Herman, prison sentence. Maybe it was like an urban legend that rolled around pre-internet days. P.B. Herman actor Paul Rubens was sentenced to three years probation Friday after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor obscenity charge involving photographs seized from his erotica collection. That is from today.com from 2004. Uh, EW.com from 2002. Paul Peewee Rubens charged in kiddie porn probe. So he was charged. Okay, so he was charged in a kiddie porn probe. And apparently he was convicted. Three years probation for pleading guilty to a misdemeanor obscenity charge. Okay. Um, well, anyway, if you don't know who Peewee Herman was, when we, we were in, uh, let's see. When I first time I remember Pee Wee Herman, we were living in a rental house in Tucson, Arizona, which would have been, if I count backwards, hold on, 17 moves by the time I was 12, that would have been one, two, three, four, five, six removed. So that was our 11th stop, 11th or 12th um, stop. Uh, of my youth, but we were renting a house in, in Tucson, Arizona and the neighbors across the street, they were twins, Janice and James. I forget their last names, but they were really nice. They were a little bit younger than me and my sisters. And they would invite us over on Saturday mornings to watch Pee Wee Herman. And I remember James loved Pee Wee Herman. And I was like, what is wrong with Pee Wee Herman? And what is wrong with James? Because they give me the willies and I'm only seven or eight years old. And he's given me the creeps. Um, and apparently Apparently, my BS detector was on point because 15 years later, he's charged with a kitty porn probe. Um, but the thing that bugged me about him, maybe this was a sign that I was uh, destined to be homeschooled. Oh, I was already homeschooled anyway. But I could not stand the stupidity of his show and his phrase, I know you are, but what am I? I was like, oh, dude, that that's the worst comeback. That's the cringiest comeback in the history of comebacks. I know you are, but what am I? Um, so you ask, why am I saying that America has become Pee Wee Herman's playhouse? Because that's our default response to people who disagree with us or people with whom we disagree. 
you are promoting sedition because you are defending people who breached the Capitol. I know you are, but what am I? Look what you did over the summer. You promoted sedition by not calling to account people who were burning cities to the ground. I mean, that's what we've become. We've, it's, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. And, and really, we only have one area to place the blame, and it's on the individual. The blame is on you. The blame is on you, 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 me. Well, maybe not me, because I... Th- <laughs> the, blame, the blame is on everyone who has gone along with the dumbing down of the Constitutional Republic through dopamine hits, digital dopamine hits. We've given up our republic for digital dopamine hits, and we've allowed entertainment to shape our underlying principles because all we are concerned about is popularity. As I mentioned last week on my secret TikTok account, hashtag make me famous. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's, that's the number one pursuit of America's youth right now, 67%, two-thirds of America's youth, like 12 to 18. Their number one aim in life is to be a famous TikToker or a YouTuber. But let's be honest. People 18 to 45, maybe even older, they sure wouldn't mind being famous. And if you don't believe me, look at all the dumb stunts that people do online to try to be famous. What's the first thing people do when something happens, pull out my phone, record. I gotta get on. I gotta get on tape. And all you have to do is look at, just look at the video footage from the summer, and look how many people had their phones out trying to capture something happening, so that then they could get their fifteen minutes of fame. So. I don't, dopamine's a powerful freaking drug. I mean, from what I've read about the, how dopamine um, works on the brain, and I've read a couple studies. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say I've read a couple studies. I should say that I have briefly uh, read the introduction <laughs> to a handful of studies talking about how digital addiction is stronger than heroin. And that, it creates something called a dopamine deficit, which I don't understand all the neuromechanics of it because I'm not a freaking neurosurgeon or a neuroscientist or a chemist or any of those things. But the practical outcome of it appears to be that you become addicted to reaching for your phone and giving that thumb swipe for the refresh. Because it's like your brain is like, I need the next thing. I need, I need it. 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 So I think the, the start, one way that we might slowly begin to work our way out of this cesspool that we've created of our own doing is breaking our addiction to the digital dopamine hits. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if, if everybody can do that. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have a couple hundred million people be able to get off their digital dopamine hits. 
Um, I mentioned last week that over the, the holiday, Christmas break, yes, Christmas break um, and New Year's that I didn't need my phone for work. And it was, it was amazing not having it. And I actually ordered a flip phone um, and it broke like two weeks in. And I was like, is this a conspiracy to keep me on this stinking smartphone? Like, I don't even know what happened to it. it I was charging it and I went to it to turn it to, to access it the next morning. And it just was blinking the stupid Kai OS or I think, I think it's run by a KI, I think it was K-I-A-O-S, some AT&T $59 flip phone. Um, and I tried rebooting it. I took the battery out. I took the SIM card out. I put everything back together. It won't work. It won't work. I had it for two weeks and it won't work. Um, so I don't know if I need to go to a landline. Um, but this this glut of information, um, yeah, it's bad. I mean, and it's our own doing. We have nothing. We have nobody to blame but us. There's not some. I mean, maybe there is. I'm sure that there's 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 uh, broader powers, you know, entrenched money interests, you know, global powers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, who have an agenda. Um, but really, at the end of the day, in a constitutional republic, the only people we have to blame is ourselves. Um, our failure to, to be educated on math. Um, uh, you know, I could run the gamut with all kinds of stuff. And I think the practical outcome of all of this if I, were to, if I were to summarize the toddler toddler nature, the Viking hordes, the Pee Wee Hermans, I know you are, but what am I? It's really, all it's done is it's caused us to become hypocrisy hunters instead of being good stewards. So we spend all of our time looking for the hypocrisy on, quote unquote, the other side, and we spend no time focusing on being good stewards. And... It's why I, back in 08, I called it the, um, it was McBama. People asked me, who are you going to vote for? And I said, oh, who are you voting for, McBama? Obamacain? And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, don't you understand that they're the exact same candidate? And they were like, no, 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 they're different. Well, explain to me how they're different. They both advocate for deficit spending. They both advocate for for, for massive foreign and military intervention. Um, they both advocate for increased federal control over the daily lives of individuals. Um, so tell me how they're different. Well, you see, they... Uh, 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 and then we got to 2012, and it was Romney versus Obama. Who are you going to support? Rom Obama, Obamni, same exact candidate. They're both for big deficit government spending. They're both for aggressive foreign military intervention. They're both for federal government taking more and more control and having more and more say over the lives of individual everyday Americans. And we get to Trump, and we get to Hillary, and I think Trump was the FU vote. I remember turning on the TV that morning, and it was like, oh yeah, Hillary's already planning her celebration party. 
And I was like, dude, screw you. Screw you, elites. Um, and then we get down the road four years later, and guess what? We're, we're, I, think when, I think when Trump took over, we were 20, 21 trillion in debt. Now we're 27 and a half trillion in debt. I mean, seriously. There's a reason that more and more people are referring to our political system as the uniparty. I mean, there's no really substantive difference. They're all for massive deficit spending. They're all for aggressive foreign military intervention. And they're all for increased intrusion into the daily lives of average individual Americans. So we've become hypocrisy hunters instead of being focused on being good stewards. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And so long as you continue to blame, quote unquote, the other party, we're going to make zero progress. Because it's not the other party's fault that you have abandoned principle for popularity. It's not the other party's fault that you've bought into this principle that might makes right which is the complete antithesis of a constitutional republic that defends the minority. It's not the quote-unquote other party's fault that you have become a toddler in your thinking and in just demanding your own instant gratification. So yeah, I mean, as I said last week, I think twenty. you thought 2020 was bad. <laughs> Buckle in for 2021. Um, but yeah, we need we need we need principles. We need to remember that rights don't come to us in groups, but they're guaranteed to the individual. Uh, maybe I'll go through this list. I've got a whole list of of stuff that uh, I've I've tried to adhere to myself um, and have indoctrinated my children with. <laughs> um. But yeah, we've, we've got to have the ability to opt out. So I'm doing everything with my power to opt out of big tech. And I'll keep you posted on that front because it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, stop looking for hypocrisy on the other side and start asking yourself how, can you, how you can be a good steward. And maybe if enough of us do that, Maybe we can salvage this thing called the American experiment, which appears to be quickly going off the rails. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Peace.